Ah, it's that time of year again where we get to check in with Laura Jean Covey and whoa, 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 hey, 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 Peter Kavinsky. It's to all the boys three, y'all. It's been a long time since, no, it's not been a long time. It's like, it came out like two years ago, the first one. And uh, it's been a very popular, popular franchise, the To All the Boys uh, cinematic universe. And where do we find our heroes this time? Well, they're dealing with the onset of college, the end of high school, and how is their relationship going to survive? It's Laura Jean and it's Peter Kavinsky. They can get through anything, right? Maybe. They barely got through the second film, but they got through it. So in the film's third outing, a high school relationship faces the classic test. How far is too far for a relationship to survive? Well, I bet they'll figure it out. It's to all the boys three. Hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't seen the first two, then you're going to have a really weird time. Let's check it out. Okay, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, this is uh, an agua. Oh, come uh, on. Uh, you have to... <laughs> I need you to... Don't you have something that you can pour for yourself that's a little special? This is our, our third time dipping into Coveyland. Okay, I, hold on. I, I made myself... Hold on. Okay. Hold on. You'll be back. Okay. So, Ryan, you're hearing this later. Uh, I'm going to guess that you mix a little bit of elderberry tonic with gin or vodka and campari that's my guess that was quick for that i don't think you did that what did you mix okay um do you see what i got here this is a red (laughs) okay (laughs) this was is that red, red for stanford uh this is the Stanford red, uh, the crimson red, the crimson wine. Uh, let's see. Here we go. This is the wine we were supposed to have been drinking last night. How was your Valentine's Day? Supposed to be drinking. Uh-oh. <laughs> tell me about your Valentine's Day, and then I'll tell you about mine. <laughs> um, man, my Valentine's Day was pretty chill. Robin and I... We really hung out most of the day. Like I, I had some submissions that I had to do for some screenplays. But after that, Robin and I watched some Outlander. Um, a couple of friends came by and gave us flowers um, and talked to them for a little bit. Masked, social distanced. Yeah, mass and social distance. Um, the flowers weren't, though. We sniffed those right in the face. Mm. Um, and there, there might have been some making out eventually. Uh, nice. And... We did we make food? I don't know, man. Like Valentine's Day was it was just the most chill Valentine's Day I'd ever had. Oh, and it snowed. So it was really magical. Late at night, I had to push somebody's car out of the out of the snow. Mm. So our Valentine's Day started out chill. Sarah took a long bubble bath with bubble stuff I got from. uh, It's not Bed Bath and Beyond. It was like soap, soap and more soap. What's that soap store? Uh, oh, oh, Lush. 
Lush? No. Soap, soap, and more soap? It, it was like... Bath it was and Body like, Works? Maybe. I, I went to the mall the other day, and I was stumbling by there, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to buy this thing for Sarah. Oh. And then oh, I was you like... You keep going. Did you did you know where I went? No, no. I just remembered that I, I had bought some, um, some bath salts, like some juniper flavored bath salts and we ate it no we didn't eat it we we had uh, a foot soak so okay. sorry continue i didn't mean to interrupt it was like uh two weeks ago and i was stumbling by the store i'm like hey let me buy something for my wife and then i was like hey you can give this to her for valentine's day and then i came home and then she immediately saw in because i i tried to be clever and i hid the bag inside a different bag mm-hmm. but she immediately rifled through what i got for whatever reason and she's like what's this i'm like that's your your mom is like or your, sorry your wife is like a mom with with a teenager that's your valent that's your valentine's day gift here just happy valentine's day two weeks from now so on yesterday she had her bath soak and what i went in there i was like uh, I'll take a bath bomb. And they're like, we don't have bath bombs. I'm like, you're, but you're called soap, soap, soap store. Like that's all you guys do is bath stuff. And they, it was like, it was like bath salts. It was like, they, they gave me like bubble bath formula. Yeah. Um, but, and apparently she had a good time. Uh, so she got to take a nice long bath and I watched our 11 and a half month old for all day. So we just kind of hung out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were going to have like a romantic sensuous interlude evening Mm -hmm. after he went to bed but all i'll say is he had an accident he's fine but he cut himself accidentally and Uh, you shouldn't give him knives (laughs) we had to like clean him up and take care of him and he was fussier so it took him a while to get to bed (laughs) it's no one's fault but it's just what no it never really is and uh, so we just spent the rest of the evening watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which, <laughs> you know, if your Valentine's Day is spent cuddling with your lover, watching a funny brainless sitcom, and you get to do self-care together, come on. Oh my gosh, there's nothing better. Like, Robin and I did that most of the day. I think at one point in time when we were soaking our feet with these like really tasty smelling bath salts, we called my grandparents because we were just like... Gonna talk to them in a while. We'll, we'll say what's up. <laughs> and and were was, they soaking their feet too? Mm, no, they should have been. <laughs> like, Those things are funny. Gross. You called. <laughs> Speaking of soaking feet, that was the first thing Sarah and I did after we got married. I was uh, really. It's not really it's Ryan. Not gross. That was the first. It's not thing. gross to share this story. When we got to the hotel, the first thing we did was soak our feet because our feet were tired from all the wedding dancing. Yeah. No, so the I'm, first thing we did was soak our feet together. No, you want when you when you have sex, you like you that want first clean that feet. first post marriage coitus. You want nice soft feet. That's, this was pre pre coitus post wedding. That's feet cleaning. <laughs> that's what that's what every parent tells their child. You know, they say it's about the sex, but it's really about the feet. <laughs> Just imagine, like. Oh, you soaked your feet too? Pre or post coitus? Oh, pre coitus? Oh, interesting. We were post coitus. <laughs> um, feet soaking does sound like a euphemism. Anyway, um, so you're drinking a red, and I'm drinking an actual cocktail called the Transcontinental, in, um, or it's called the Intercontinental, and it's um, in respect and gratitude to the relationship of one Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean Covey. The best part of this vacation is spending time with my sisters. 
but pretty soon we'll be back from spring break, and then I'm gonna tackle you and smother you with kisses and give you gifts. I miss you. I can't wait to see you. They're they're long distance, so it is. <laughs> and hey, we're remote right now because there was an ice storm, so we're long distance right now too. Exactly. So cheers. This is one mm. part Averna. Cheers. One part um, Burnside uh, bourbon. Uh, and a blackberry basil shrub that I made. It is delicious. I love it. Mm. Uh, so, uh, who are you? Oh, hey, I'm Kelly McCrillis, and this is, as always, my co-host. Ryan Graves. And you're listening to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. Uh, yeah! And we're here to talk uh, about To All the Boys I Loved Before, Always and Forever. Always. And forever. Covey's Always Covey's back with forever. a vengeance. Covey's back. Whoa, 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 hey, 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 hey. Whoa, 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 hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 what's going on? <laughs> um let's I you know, I don't have a I'm tired, dude. I didn't make a game today. Do you want to just jump right into it? I think our our open was was long and arduous and meandering enough. Oh, let's dive right into to all the boys three. That's what we need to do. All right. Ryan, tell me a fucking story. <laughs> Here's the story of To All the Boys 3. I want to tell it to you in verse because it's special for me. When you have uh, Laura Jean Covey and Peter Kavinsky, you don't know what you've got is something Kaminsky. I can't do yeah, this. Read off your cards. I can't do why, this. why did you bring your cards if you didn't want to read off of them? <sighs> Okay, here's here's the real story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. I'm not going to wrap it for you kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is the threequel to uh, LJ and Kavinsky's uh, torrid love affair set in high school. And just to, the, just to catch people up, basically the first movie, they pretended to have a relationship and then had a relationship. Mm-hmm. The second one, they weren't sure about their relationship. So there was a love triangle between LJ Kavinsky and her other person that she wrote a love letter to. Oh yeah, there was love uh, letters. What's his name? He plays piano. <laughs> was it her first love or her last love? First love. First love. He was a cute guy. And they kind of had a thing, but then Kavinsky she was won. like, no, I still love Kavinsky. I choose you, Kavinsky. Kavinsky is kind of a Pikachu. <laughs> Pikachu. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in this movie, she says, I choose you, Peter. And all I could think of was him as a Pokemon. <laughs> Me too. Okay, good. I choose you. <laughs> Evolution of a Pikachu. Raichu. Uh, what would I think Peter Kavinsky, if he was to evolve <laughs> into somebody else, who would he evolve into? Like a le- legitimate other actor or character? Um, That's a really good question. What would he his evolution be like? What's the forty old version of him? Because he's like twenty six. Oh, oh I got life, it. He's Oscar he? Isaacs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's his middle form. What's the Charizard version of this? Um, 
you need your I guess George Clooney, like the Silver Fox version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So somebody make that for us where it's like small Peter Kavinsky, like middle size uh, <laughs> Oscar Isaacs and then big George Clooney just with yeah. wings. I wanted to have wings. <laughs> somebody if somebody you. makes that, we're going to shout your praises from the rooftops and highlight you on all the social media. And it'll be my profile picture. Mm-hmm. Mine too for a week. Uh, okay, so in the third one, to all the boys I love before, always and forever, which I'm sorry, does does no one has no one seen Napoleon Dynamite? Have they not seen the extended edition where uh, his brother sings the always and, and forever. forever? Why do you love me? Why do you need me? Always and forever. Does no one know that? Am I the only one? Is this like a millennial thing where Gen Zers just have no clue? I think they have no clue. I don't think they know who Napoleon Dynamite is. I I don't think so. I think that was, um, there were about six six years of people from your age to Robin's age that knew about Napoleon Dynamite. And everybody else, it's just, there's like a buffer where they, they never saw it. They knew about it for a second, but immediately forgot it. You know, um, say anything. You maybe don't Michael Fig, Fim, Fig, Michael Fimognari, Michael Fimognari. Sure. Maybe he, maybe he knows about it. He's the director. <laughs> I hope so. So we catch up into the third one and Covey is on vacation with her family in Korea. In Seoul. And Seoul, South Korea. And it's a very fun montage kind of thing that you know if someone was watching somebody feed phil this is the exact montage phil would use to show like here we are in south korea <laughs> you know, check out seoul where i'm gonna eat all this street food they open up in that that restaurant with the that looks like it's drawn it looked cool it looks I really cool real. i want to go there i don't know if that was cg yeah. or that's real life but sign me up i want to go uh, and you know, it's good foreshadowing because she's technically long distance from Peter Kavinsky for the moment. Right. And they're like, Oh, I love you, Covey. Yeah. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 what's going on? We get some, some FaceTime the movie, which we get in, it seems like every movie is doing FaceTime the movie these days. This one handled it the best because something I appreciated right off the bat is they're FaceTiming each other and they're doing the shot reverse shot where they're just laying in bed. And it's just as if it's just cutting as if they're in the same bed together, but they're not. It felt like pillow but, talk, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It felt like who else does this? When Harry met Sally does the same thing, they do a split screen. The movie with Harry talk. and Sally. Well, yeah, pillow talk literally does does it first, but Harry met Sally. Yeah, when they're on the phone more, with each other. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows that one too. I felt like this movie more than any of the other ones had just a lot of really cool filmmaking going on. It took its third time the charm, but now you have some inspired, motivated filmmaking. Right. Right? Like, the choices were motivated. Right. Uh, The first one, the direction was really, really bad. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. The the action, the acting was good. The directing, as in what they did with the camera, was boring as hell. They just put it in a room the middle of a room and just put it flat on someone and just used um, kind of Instagram coloring and thought they would, they could call it good, but it was boring. And the second one was better. And then the third one, 
Nailed it. Motivated action. The first one was directed by one director and the second two have been directed by the same director. And the director who directed this film, he's only ever directed um, another a short film and these two films and has before that been a DP. Yeah, he DP'd the first one. Right. He DP'd the first one. And he DP'd a bunch of like horror films. And so I feel like like there's something about you know, it felt like the middle film was him getting his sea legs under him as a director. Yeah. And this one, it felt like there's a lot more confidence coming to to this stage. Yeah, it's kind of like the third season of a television show, <laughs> much like me and my experience with Star Trek The Next Generation, where now that I'm in the midst of season three, I'm like, oh, yeah, now we're really cooking, everybody. This is great. Everyone's just firing pew, pew, pew on all cylinders. This is awesome. And I feel like the same thing. This is like season three of that guy's career. And it's like, okay, you know what you're doing now. And the and the actors, honestly, the actors are better in this film. Like they were. Yeah. They were fine. I, I think they were fine in the first one, good in the second one. And they were good in the, like capital G good actors in yeah, this movie. Like I agree. I think this movie is a good movie. And I haven't said that about the previous two, but no, I'm, I was nervous, but now you like it. Yeah. I, you like, at least you like the third one. That's good. Yeah. I, I really liked this movie. Um, and we can go forward with the story a little bit, but I just, I, I went in, we wanted to cut the tension now and let everyone know. I, yeah, just because I, I didn't want them to think that we'd be arguing all episode again. But the um, I this movie isn't like, you know, I'm not giving it any Oscars. It's I don't think it's special, but I think it's a good movie. It's one that I'd actually want to watch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the story is actually the simplest of the three. Very much. Laura Jean comes home and... Kavinsky is perfect and they have this wonderful little relationship and the premise that's set up is Peter's going to Stanford on like lacrosse scholarship or whatever and Laura Jean is waiting for her acceptance letter from Stanford and that's the plan is that they're all going to go to college together their relationship is going to be awesome they're going to get married blah 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 it's going to be great. Uh, what happens is she doesn't get into Stanford, and that's just a great maybe, uh, maybe the most premise. Unbelievable thing about this movie is that she gets she doesn't get into Stanford, but does get into Berkeley and NYU. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that. You see Berkeley. Well, what's really funny is like, girl, don't go out of state. That's going to cost you so much money. Go to U of O. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> she goes to a school whose senior trip they go to New is York. To New York. <laughs> I don't think they're worried about money. Um. Portland friends, let me know if any high schools in Portland does this. Yeah. Let, I mean, let me know. We didn't go to high school here, so we're not sure. Like Laura Jean. Okay. Like the, <laughs> I, I, I'm, this isn't a hit on the movie or anything, but Laura Jean at one point does like this special bowling date for her boyfriend. And in the course of what seems like at least only a couple of days, she orders Peter Kavinsky a hand like a, a like a, a what do you call that a unique personalized bowling shirt you can do that name on, on site you can do that you can find someone in portland to do that sure that's not right now that's not going to cost you less than 75 dollars minimum though and i don't know about you but i didn't have like extra money like that to spend in high school Her dad's a doctor it covers everything and a documentarian a at one point in time 
they're talking about the dad's new wife, which is a, a holdover or a new girlfriend who's a holdover from the last movie. And um, she's like, dad, you got to marry her. She's the only person who watches your documentaries. And so in my world, in my head canon, he's not only a doctor, he's like an OBGYN or something, but he also is a documentarian. It's not that he or watches maybe- the- Nope, nope, it's not. He doesn't watch documentaries. He makes documentaries. And (laughs) literally, she's the only person that watches them. (laughs) I'm not going to take that away from you. That's fine. (laughs) Okay. So so they're in Korea and they have like a blast. And we already were past Korea. She didn't get into Stanford. I love the moment when uh, she's texting with her older sister and they had like a little tiff. And her sister like texted like, uh, hey, are are things okay? And she's thinks she's writing back to her sister she says everything's yeah we're what does she write she's like yeah i got it or i'm in or she says something that's that says i'm in or yeah. i accept but she actually texted peter who's like peter was like so did you get in or not and she's like whatever she wrote that was supposed to be for a sister was that she got in and that's such a good rom-com like miscommunication and it was like a clever one of like I haven't seen a good, clever like miscommunication via text yet, and even though we've been we've had texting since two thousand, you know. Yeah, um, but Robin and I were screaming at the screen. Just tell him. Just text him back and be like, "Oh, oh no, know. sorry." It's I know it's real easy, Laura Jean. It's it's the classic like the you know it's what we hated in Hitch. It's like you can clear this up in ten seconds. Right, clear this up uh-huh. now. I, it didn't make me like the movie any less. It just allowed me to yell at the screen in a fun way. I know. And I was like, if you're going to take up the whole movie to not right. tell him, I'm going to be really annoyed. Right. But it's like five minutes of screen time. I that she doesn't tell him. love that this. Uh, I mean, it's a little longer than that, but I love that this movie makes the choice to make the conflict not about a lie that she's holding onto the whole time, but about whether a decision she doesn't know she needs to make until like further into yeah. the film. Like that's, yeah, it's such better conflict. It's richer conflict. Yeah. So she, after five minutes of screen time has to clarify with him, I didn't get into Stanford. Um, but then she finds out that she got into UC Berkeley, which is an hour away from Stanford. And at first Kavinsky's like, um, well, well, we'll just be long distance by an hour for a year. And then you'll just transfer to Stanford. Peter has this line where he's like, he's like, and, you know, we can meet in San Francisco, which we never would have been able to do any, uh, if we were both at Stanford. And it's like, no, Peter, that's not how traveling works. <laughs> <laughs> you could have always taken a day trip, but okay. <laughs> I, but, man, Peter is so cute. Like, Peter's the best. He's the biggest nerd and the biggest jock at the same time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 what's going on? All right, let's, let's pause here for a second. We'll finish the story. Um, but Peter is too perfect in this film. He has no flaw in this film. He is he is a god amongst high school boys. He is unrealistically believe unbelievably perfect. I don't I think he always has the right thing all to right, say. This was my this was my, what one of my complaints was last movie was that he was a little bit too perfect because like, you know, Laura Jean was mad at him for not texting, but he was like stuck in practice and he couldn't text and he was like, "No, it's you're right. It's my fault. I'm sorry." And it just felt a little bit too perfect. But in this movie, I've had two ep- two movies built up of Peter Kavinsky's character. So him reacting in all the ways that he does allows me the like 
I, I believed it. I was there for him. He really ring of fantasy boy figure in the grand like um, mold of Jude Law in the holiday where it's nah, like, yeah. oh, you're just saying the perfect things. You're never reacting like you never overreact. You never have any emotions that. Why didn't that bother you in the all. last film? Uh, because he was kind of like the, those moments where she like was miffed that he didn't text during practice. It's not like he needed to like have an uh, overreaction to, towards her. He's just like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was at practice. And that seemed like, no, but then he apologized. Uh, the, my thing was that he apologized and he was the perfect boyfriend who said the perfect thing to her. And your, your whole deal was that like, ah, oh, you know, it's fine. Like that's what he is supposed to say. They're, they're being emblematic of a good relationship. My counter argument to your argument here is that these two people have been in, okay, only like a year long relationship at this point, even less than a year. But Peter is saying, no, I want to do everything I can to make this work. So I'm not going to overreact, right? He has then, the dialogue of a 25 year old man. Well, he, a high, I don't believe that he's a high school senior in this movie. Well, he's he, had he sounds he's had this dialogue every movie, so ears. I don't know what you're asking from him. No, this one it was really obvious. The first two I never I never noticed. See, for me, this one it's like oof. for me the actor Noah Centineo, right? Yeah, he um, what he was bringing was all of these words where he's like, "Hey, it's okay. No, we'll figure this out." And then underneath, I saw a bunch of worry that he was tamping down. Uh, I didn't see it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, I saw it later. He definitely got more nuanced towards the end of the movie. So basically, that's we've actually described pretty much the entire movie is that they're trying to figure out, you know, how is the, the next four years going to look like? Mm-hmm. And what happens is uh, they go on this New York trip and Laura Jean just to satisfy her sister, applied to NYU just to, you know, whatever. She didn't really care about it. But once she gets to New York, she actually gets a tour of what NYU is and gets a tour of what New York City is and really got a taste of what life in New York would be like. And she is, she totally falls in love with the experience. And her conflict then is, does she go to UC Berkeley, which is her safety school, and be an hour away from Kavinsky? Or does she go to... NYU and have a, an experience that would be once in a lifetime, just life changing. Everything just so special could be had in New York. And eventually she, and I really respected this about the movie. She's just like, I'm going to go to New York. And yep. it's not like she's like, oh, maybe I want to go to New York. She's like, no, I'm going to New York. What are we going to do? I love the conversation where Peter's chomping down on pancakes. Another reason I respect him. Um, <laughs> and she, they start getting into this conversation where she introduces the idea of the fact that she's been thinking about getting into New York. And in like less than a minute, she's like, no, I'm going to go to New York. Yeah. And it's, it felt very real. And his reaction felt very real where I thought he brought a lot of pathos to that moment. And I thought she did too. (laughs) Yeah. I thought, I thought that scene was, was good and honest. And I thought he did a good job of like, okay, let's navigate this. So you didn't like how he was written. Uh, right. I, I thought most of the time he, he was the Jude Law of the movie where I'm like, that's not, boys aren't like that. Look at you. You're already better than you think. And I, it, one, it was one of those things where it's like, look, I really hope girls aren't expecting us to be that perfectly behaved. Like that's, that's something that bothered me. Um, 
when the Jude Law character showed up in movies like this, where it's like, I, I can't, I can't compete with that. I can't be that guy. And, and it's, he seems to always know what to say. He always has the right thing like in his back pocket. And I, I can't do that. On the other hand, on the other hand, he is, de- he is a depiction of what a, a good guy should be like, which is attentive and thoughtful and wants to communicate. So, so it's funny. You it's, have all of the, um, like the notions that I really disliked about the last couple films where like it, it didn't feel real and it felt like there was a lack of drama that should have been drawn from the characters. Yeah. That's what you disliked about this movie. Well, it's not necessarily I dislike it. I just think it's kind of a paradox because I do kind of like that he is there because we, we do need representations for our boys growing up to look at this and be like, look, if you're going to be a boyfriend, this is how you can be a good boyfriend. You need to listen to Mm -hmm. her and you need to be attentive to her and you need to not freak out and overreact. I just thought it was a pitch too far where it's like, okay, he's, he's too perfect. He's, he's, he's divine in, in his, this is, this is what I guess I'm talking about is in the first two movies, I didn't believe it because I'm like, he's, you know, a junior senior in high school. He's, he's just being perfect all the time. And in this movie, I've been given enough credence where I'm just like, yeah, I guess Peter's just an extremely sensitive dude. <laughs> well, I remember the first one. I, I, I kind of want to rewatch the whole trilogy now, which is kind of weird. <laughs> uh, we'll, but I we'll remember, sit down and watch all three in a row sometime. <laughs> I remember the first one, he was kind of a sophomore cad where he's just really full of himself and like is the popular jock. And he's like, uh, I'm Peter. But I feel like this one, he's really grounded himself in the same way that LJ, she's also really matured too. And I really like where she's at, where she's not as, um, she's not as nervous or neurotic. She's very grounded in herself and what she wants. Yeah. And I think we should, uh, Lana Condor and Peter Centennial, they, they have moments in this movie where I'm like, you guys like, so Laura, when, when Peter leaves afterwards, like uh, when at a certain point in time they go to prom and she's expecting them to have sex afterwards and he denies her because he's mad at her for like wanting to just have sex and then leave to New York. And her reaction afterwards is like not only as a character, but as a um, as an actor, she's matured to a point where I'm like this. You pull off a really good scene here. Like she squeezes her fist in a way where she's like trying to corral her rage and her, like her hurt. And, um, when Peter meets his dad, cause there's this whole subplot, which I thought like, if you, if you were looking for a place for Peter to have a little less than a like shining gold star on his chest, it was in his, his hurt that he was feeling from his dad and his kind of, um, that's not a flaw. That's not a flaw. I'm not saying it's a flaw. I'm just saying he, he is obstinate for good reason. Right. But his, his issues with his father are equal to Jude law being a single widower in the holiday. Yeah. But you don't have like, a problem with Jude law. No, I thought Jude law in the holiday is boring. You seem to like, like him. Jack. <laughs> I like him, but he's boring. Like Jack black is so much more interesting to me as a character. Uh, ja- and like but I said, Jack black I like- doesn't have anything wrong with him either. He's perfect. Uh, well, I guess, I guess I'm just saying Jack black feels more real. Because he gets dumped? 
Maybe. Who gets cheated on? <laughs> or maybe it's just that it's Jack Black and not someone who looks like a Greek god. Sure, which you know, which it, both Noah Centennial and Jude Law do look like. Um, but when he is reacting to his dad and like they meet up in a in a diner and when he is like trying to give his dad the time of day, I thought there was uh there was a promise of some pretty pretty a pretty long acting career from our young Centennial. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where he goes. I really hope he doesn't stay in Netflix jail. I feel like, you know what I would like to see from culture is that I would like to see Netflix as like a springboard for people in their career. Yeah, me too. And they start with a Netflix project or they start with a Netflix like franchise and then they go on to do bigger things. And it sucks that we're in a pandemic right now, but it's just like, people, we can't just sit at home and watch movies at TV. We got to go out. We got to have these experiences in a movie theater. We got to have these experiences as a community. We got to be in a big theater and watch the, and and have dreams together. Yeah. Uh, So just to wrap up the story, uh, a lot of the movie is just them kind of struggling like, okay, well, LJ wants to go to New York. What are we going to do? And it gets to this point where they do break up Mm -hmm. and they broke break up for like six hours. (laughs) It's such a such a classic high school break hold on wait wait we could probably okay what time to get home from prom like that was like gotta be midnight or something right? all right and uh he probably gets there like the wedding probably ends because they're old people they're probably out of that tent by 10 so yeah. almost 24 hours they're broken up yeah <laughs> and uh he writes her a love letter at the end because mm-hmm. it usually was about her love letters and he writes a very perfect eloquent letter that only an author of YA romance novels could ever conceive of. Well, and I love that it's so perfect because he knows exactly how long it's going to take her to read. She's like (laughs) reading it and she gets to the end and that's when he steps up. (laughs) He's like mouthing under his weapon. Uh, uh, Signed Peter Kavinsky. There's gotta be, there's gotta be some like, um, like naked gun or Mel Brooks movie that does this where we think it's just a voiceover narration, but it's actually diegetic where it's actually the character reading Speaking it in it, yeah, the yeah. room. <laughs> what am I thinking about? Rachel, do you know what I'm thinking about? Text us. She She's a comedy connoisseur like that. Yeah. I mean, we won't just say like Rachel, obviously you're going to know the answer, but anybody else who might have an answer too, write in. Anyone Rom-com else? Gents at gmail.com. There's more than just Rachel listening, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um and then and they they live happy ever after always and forever right yeah he has a really sweet story of when he first had a crush on her which is yeah that see you know it's a perfect story but i don't fault it for being perfect because it did feel real it didn't feel it didn't feel forced or false it felt very natural of like i would totally have a crush via this version oh yeah if if i was quote unquote the knight in shining armor who saved a girl from her hair being stuck i'd remember that i remember did what was your first crush what grade um my first crush was probably on Um, like a, like a good, like, like, cause I'm, I'm thinking like I had little crushes, but a good, like strong crush, like a crush that, that is, uh, equal in like longevity, right? Like this clearly sure, had sure. an impact on him. I think, um, at one point in time, my big crush was probably Stephanie Krebs. Like, and this is a crush that, you know, isn't culminated at any point in time. Yeah. 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 What grade? What grade? Uh, fifth grade. 
through fifth grade, okay. fifth grade through probably freshman year of high school. Mine was sixth grade. Yeah. 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 Hmm. No Good names, times. huh? <laughs> nope. That's fine. Leave it a mystery. That's fair. We're living uh, in a mystery. <laughs> so they, they, he, he, since he talked to his dad and his dad's like, look, I want to be in your life, Kavinsky. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Okay. Hold on. Speaking of whoa, whoa, whoa's. Uh, at one point in time, Laura Jean is like imagining what her life is going to be like when her and uh, Noah Centennial go to college together. And then, you know, she has a book deal. Then they get married. And did you see the title of her book? Was it Whoa, 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 Hey, Hey, Hey? It was Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted uh, Peter to walk up at that moment and be like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> but that was it was so good. Like awesome. this movie... I think part of the reason why this movie succeeds is because it it turned around and it looked back at the past two films and it asked, what did we do right? What can we make fun of ourselves for? And yeah. like, how can we move on forward from there? Yeah. Uh, so he, he talks to his dad played by. I don't know. <sighs> played by Hold- Sarah made fun of me so much for not figuring it out right away. Hold on. Let me let me take a look at him. I won't look at his name. Okay, I'm just going to type in Peter Kavinsky's dad. Yeah. All uh, right, Google. Hmm. Okay, I'm looking at his face. He's got a tie on. Okay, there's something familiar about him. Um, yeah. Hold on. Okay. I don't know who it is, but you know who he reminds me of is. What's what's his name in the movie? Uh, in ET, it's uh, uh, keep going, Elliot. Keep going. Wait, is yes. it is it Elliot yes. from ET? Yes, yes, that's Henry Thomas. Ah, uh, that's I Henry Thomas. I don't think he acted anymore. No, I know that's Henry Thomas. Wow, he lives in Oregon. Oh, I cannot yeah. believe I got that from that face. Sarah was shocked that I didn't figure it out because E.T. is one of my favorite movies. Wait, did she did she did she look that up or did she know that? She knew. She knew. She knew by watching she, him? She double checked. She oh, she okay. was like, I think that's Henry Thomas. It is Henry Thomas. And you can tell, watch it again, watch a scene when he's talking to his son and he, he cries and he's got the same chin quiver. And then he points his finger at him and just like touches his face with a glowing yeah. finger. And he's like, Dad, stop. Stop, stop. <laughs> Hey, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. Whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. Whoa, 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 hey, 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 what's going on? Uh, so yeah, he, that's, that's Henry Thomas, and I thought that was very coy casting because E.T. is about a young boy who's dealing sure. with the absences of his father, yep. and here Kaminsky is dealing with the absence of his father. Or the, and he learns, the he learns the lesson from his dad that if you love someone, you'll do anything you can to be with them. And okay. I think, Ryan, this is a good place because after after we take a break, I think we need to talk about this this lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you ready to take a break? Let's take a break. Okay. Do you need to refill your glass? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to refill mine. Welcome to Trope Talk. Um, Ryan, I want to talk about a trope. Okay. I'm back. I have um, some American uh, single malt whiskey from uh, Hood River called Wanderback. 
And I'm, I'm mm. ready to t- talk tropes with you. Talking the trope. I can't, I can't drink whiskey because it gives me the toots. Gross. Um, the trope, but I can't drink wine. The trope I want to, t- the trope I want to talk about, um, Monsieur Sophisticate, is the the promise of forever. Love conquers all. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and this movie takes an interesting, like, an interesting turn at it because, like, let's let's look at a couple movies we've done past, like Sleepless in Seattle. In Sleepless in Seattle, they meet at the end of the movie, they hold hands, and they go into the elevator. We we rack down to Jonah, and he's happy, and we're happy, and the whole world's happy that these two people are going to be together, presumably forever, right? Past, mm-hmm. past the boundary of this film, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are going to be a happy couple. Yeah. Now, uh... <laughs> We, we 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 don't know this information, but what this movie presupposes is maybe we do. Um, because Lana Condor is sitting there in her in her New York apartment at the end of this film, and uh, she's monologuing, she's narrating about the fact that you know her and Peter have distance, but they know that they're going to work. This this knowledge, this certainty, is idealistic um i I, the a more cynical person may call it naive um but what i want to ask you is when we when we use this trope at the end of a movie generally it's kind of a it's kind of a like a just a it doesn't really matter because we don't see what their lives are like at the end of the movie apart because they've just gotten together but in this movie we see them apart at the end of the movie. And then they, she tells us they're always going to be together. And I'm like, girl, you're a freshman in college. I, I mean, you don't even know if you're gay yet. So (laughs) like I, there, I mean, that's, you know, okay. You know, she made out with that blonde friend of her. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there's a sense of naivete to this, um, to this film at the end that I I don't want to fault it for. I really like, the I like the positivity and the idealism of it. I want to believe in their love. I love Peter. I, I even like um, Largie and Covey in this film. And I want them to be together. I really do. I think they're a cool, fun couple. But it did... F- <laughs> there was something about it that rubbed me a, a little bit the wrong way. Not at all to uh, affect my happiness at the end of the movie. I was like... I was like... I knew exactly where this movie was going. I called every shot. Robin and I were just sitting there calling shots left and right the whole film. And I still loved it. And I knew how it was going to end. And I loved it. But there was still something about it where I don't know if it was because I'm an old man or what, but it felt just a little naive. There were, I'm going to remark on one thing before I answer your question. The calling the moments in the film. It's so easy in rom-coms because it is the rom-com genre. It demands to be paint by numbers, but that's the same for most horror films Mm -hmm. and most action films anyways. So, you know, whatever. But it's also one of those things where if you really are in tune with a genre, calling it doesn't mean it's like paint by numbers. It just means it's got this rhythm that Mm -hmm. you're, you're in line. It's almost like being able to anticipate like where, 
a drum beat is going to end and like switch from a verse to a bridge. It's just like, and now that's precisely. Yeah. Because I, if I'm, if I'm listening to a band and I haven't heard that song and I'm listening to it in front of Sarah and I'm drumming along on the table and I do the exact same fill into a new vert, new part of the song. Sarah's like, how did you know that? I'm like, it's instinct. It's, just, it's like built instinct after a while. Yeah. And you know, that's what this movie's got is the rhythm where it's like, we know where it's going to go, but we're just, we're never bored, but we're having, a yeah. Good time. And that's the thing, like, because this, this movie, I think the reason it succeeds more than the other two, I want to say is because it was a little bit more predictable. And I don't yeah. mean that as a slight in any way. The first two films were trying too hard yeah. in those films. The first one wanted to be really screwball about stuff and it wasn't really working. The second one wanted to do weird love, love triangle stuff and it was forced, but this one felt like totally cool and confident in itself. You know why it but was th- forced? Because there weren't any vampires or werewolves. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, what, what were you going to, to say besides the... Wait, what question am I answering? Uh, are they are they naive? Is, the, is yeah? I mean, did you naive at the end? did you get any any like? Because I didn't feel like this movie this this movie definitely doesn't think either of them are naive, right? So I was thinking about this, and I think that's why we talked about Shakespeare before. Bring back Shakespeare again. He always made it official. He always put a ring on it, right? Like for him to canonize relationships he's like no they're together forever he always marries them off and you know why uh because of the catholics well yeah because they couldn't have sex but no um i think the real reason why is because shakespeare never had a like the possibility of a sequel uh because yeah he did he had a bunch of sequels in his work Hamlet 2? Doesn't everybody die at the end of the first one? I have a device. The time machine opens, revealing Hamlet and... Jesus! Good luck. Thanks, Jesus. You got my cell number? Yeah. Okay. All the histories had sequels. Oh, okay. The histories don't count because the sequels have already been done. Uh, Like, there's no uh, Midsummer sequel. (laughs) There should be. There should be. Um, I want a sequel to Taming the Shrew where Petruchio gets his ass murdered for being a dick. Because, (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah. Okay, but the reason why I bring up this naivete is because we have um, Lara Jean standing in New York, like in her apartment, ready to start, start school. And she's just like, I'm going to conquer the world, right? Yeah, yeah. Now let's. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. Hey, hey, I, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, I wasn't done answering your question. Okay. The Shakespeare part was the part one of my All answer. Right. Come in Shakespeare, you had to marry off your characters. In modern rom rom coms, you don't have to marry off your characters mm-hmm. because of social mores don't demand it. Uh, but the suspension of disbelief is if characters end up together, unless noted by the film's own cynicism the suspension of disbelief is that they will be together forever. So in Hitch, I just know that Will Smith and Eva Mendes will be together forever. I have no indication to think that it's never going to last. Whereas Frances Ha, I don't know if she's going to be Sophie's best friend for the rest of life. Like they're maybe they're still going to fade away. And so there's other movies where it's like, look, we're not making any promises Mm -hmm. about these characters. And it's, it's very upfront about it. I, yeah, I like everything that you said and, and completely agree with it. The, 
So it's that, the same thing in this movie where it's like, look, we're gonna want you to come on that stretch where you're gonna you gotta really stretch your suspension of disbelief to believe that they are gonna make it. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Walk down this Primrose Netflix path with me, okay? Uh-huh. Let's say to all the boys I love before four. Four four yeah, comes out. I I really truly outside of your question want a fourth. Okay. Film. But let's say it's about I, I don't think you can make it about Laura Jean and Peter anymore. It's about her little sister. Yeah, it would be about her little sister. But if they because I, I think they've written those two out of being the central main conflict, and this is the reason why. They ended this movie with these two people are going to be together forever and they both know it, right? Mm-hmm. If they have problems or something in in the next movie and they make the next movie about those two it's it's almost like i can't believe anything that you two think anymore because you're so naive as to think that like i i'm never going to be worried about them not being with each other in the next movie like if that was if that was a thing that we were worried about in the last three movies whether these two people would be together that's nothing i can worry about in the next movies because they've already established that they'll be together forever. Yeah, but that was also the ending of the second movie, too. No, they didn't say we'd be together forever. They were just like, you're the one for me out of the two of them. <laughs> because, I mean, like, let's say let's say the next movie is, you know, uh, they've been away from each other for four years Um and they're coming back from college and he proposes and the next movie's about their wedding, right? Yeah. Um, like, like if they have conflict in that movie, I'm just going to be like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. You just thought everything was going to be okay at the end of movie three, but like... Yeah, I care about them. I want to see them. I want to see them pull through whatever struggle they encounter. I know, I, would, I know. I I'm just saying that you're... I'm you're not the worried one, about their future. You're the one worried about dramatic tension not being there now, and I'm just telling you that it's gone out the window. No, no, it's it's like watching a James Bond movie now at this point. At this point, if you make another one, it's like, well, obviously they're going to be fine. How are they going to be fine? Like, I'm never worried that James Bond's going to die. <laughs> I'm worried about how he's going to do it. There was, and I'm, I, <clears throat> there was one point in time where they're they're having like a discussion, and Peter, Peter looks like he's going to um, like unleash some some information on Laura Jean, like some I, I forgot what the line is, but he's like. Covey, I just need to tell you. And I'm like, I killed your mom. And she was an assassin. And we were on two opposite sides of this syndicate or something. That would be a very different movie. But but you're right. It has it has become James Bond, which to me makes a love story far less interesting. No, but I would love here's um Oh, can can we say how I'd rewrite this the next <laughs> sequel to this movie? Sure. sure. Let's let's play the clip. <laughs> You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. So here's what I would do for the fourth one. <laughs> I would have them go on vacation together and they bone. Like a spring spring and, break? Yeah. Oh, they yeah, bone in this movie. Go, I don't know if we let people know, but they do go yeah i want to talk about that later they go they they go they, all the they way enter their into their gps bone town they travel to there <laughs> and they stay there for a while and just like 
Dwight and Michael, they get lost in the swamp. Oh. Anyways. (laughs) 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 Uh, The fourth movie, this is what I would say. They go on spring break together. They go to like Florida. Is it like their senior year? uh, It's like somewhere near the end of college, but they're still very much in college. Okay. And it's one of those great weekend spring breaks together. Like Trevor's there. Gosh, Trevor's like, the best. We did not get enough Trevor's Trevor in this movie. Uh, everyone's hanging out and they bone, bone down town, downtown, bone down. Uh, Laura and Jean gets pregnant. Laura Jean yeah, pregnant. there we go. There's some and conflict. Sh- let's make it, let's make it spring break of junior okay. year. So she's still not, she can't be done with college. Same, same for him. They're still 3,000 miles apart. Oh, what do they okay, do? this is what happens. Um, so it's spring, right? Uh, yeah. We kind of we, co- we kind of pull a Juno, where like the movie uh-huh. takes place over the course of nine months, and she's being pregnant in New York without right. him. And but I think it should just and maybe it just takes place over the course of like five months, where he, like it comes to the end of August, and he is like I ha- you know I have to finish off senior year at my school so I can graduate and she's like I got to finish up senior year at mine and so they're not next to each other but then he decides to transfer to a New York school NYU. yeah well he's not getting into NYU come on he's Peter he's Peter Kavinsky but he's not NYU wait if he's at Stanford he's on he's at Stanford on a sports scholarship not I mean that's but it's 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 Stanford he has that on his resume I think I think Stanford people go to go to New no, York yeah but NYU they? probably doesn't have a lacrosse program I mean, hey, at me, NYUers, maybe you guys have a bigger sports program than I thought, but <laughs> No, I don't I don't think I don't think he needs to stay this the dream lacrosse player. Once you're in, you're maybe in. Maybe he's a professional. Right? No, just because you go to one Ivy League school doesn't mean you can go to another. No, no, I'm I'm just saying like if he quit lacrosse after freshman year, I think it's not like Stanford's like, "Well, you're only here because of lacrosse. Goodbye." I oh, think, no, no. I feel like he could No. He could still be Mr. Stanford. So they oh, take you're, him. you're saying that he's like, you know, he entered junior year and he's like, I'm kind of done with, um, with, yeah. yeah, with lacrosse. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. What? Okay. Tell me, I, I tell me what Covey or what, sorry, what Kavinsky majors in. Um, oh, he's such a business. Yeah. Major, he's like economics, right? right? Come on. Not even so, economics. He's business development. Kavinsky is kind of the perfect combination of me and my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, definitely, he has my brother's hair. He reminds me of your brother in good ways, definitely. <laughs> and his eyebrows. Yeah. Um, but he has like your honest open He has heart. my dance skills, that's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that I dance better than Kavinsky? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, all right. I'm going to tell Robin. Hey, Robin. <laughs> Robin's watching the first episode of Mark and Mindy right now. <laughs> oh, of, of all the times, she's like, wow, I get to... Finally, I get to watch something without Kelly. She's like, I'm going to watch this Robin Williams show that Kelly would totally want to watch anyways. It rankles. So that's what my fourth movie would be about, is them navigating this conflict. Because Laura Jean would be like, I was supposed to have this life where I was going to be an awesome writer in New York, and I was going to be free and independent. Now I'm pregnant. I'm going to have this kid. How am I going to live in the most expensive city in the world without Can I write a scene for that movie? Yeah. Okay. So Laura Jean ends up in like a library or a coffee shop or somewhere where, uh, oh, maybe she doesn't, maybe she argues with a particular professor a lot. 
and yeah. uh, like a, a lit professor or writing professor or something. And they don't really get along. But then like the professor catches her like, you know, crying or just despondent or like punching her desk or something because she's just so mad, like the way her life is going right now. And they bond. And the teacher is like, look, this writer like had like two kids before like they were this age. Yeah. And they like, you know, who plays this it. plays the prof Sarah Paulson. Ooh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, we, you know what? We should just write this movie and send it into. Them. I, I say we pitch this movie. Okay, we're making the fourth one. Can you trademark with me? Trademark on the other side. Trademark. Trademark. Okay. Uh, trademark. Don't so, steal our ideas. Uh, would you have any alternative um, pitches for the fourth movie? No, I think I think that's a good one. I think I'd want to stick there. Uh, let's talk about them boning. Yeah, because uh, can we can we talk about the first time and then the second time? Uh, they didn't they didn't consummate I, the first. Time. I know, but I just want to I, I want to comment on the fact that like the first time they attempt this, it's all wrong for many reasons. <laughs> because Laura Jean has no sense of like sneaky spy ninja craft. <laughs> She's like, yeah, my parents are home, but it's okay. It's okay to sneak in and. They sneak up the stairs like they're not being really quiet. They're just like walking up the stairs. Her dad could like come out at any point. He seems like a chill dude. He gives her condoms at times, so it's probably fine. But she was the whole movie. She's been talking about how her dad's going to come out if he stays there too late. I like, come on, Laura, you got to be sneakier than that. Yeah, I, 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 I would I would comment, but I've never been in this situation, so I don't know what the the cool kids do. I'm just saying, like a a, a high schooler's ears are specifically know, tuned to hear footsteps coming down hallways, and I just didn't get any of that when they were f- first like making out and about to have sex. Well, what's funny is they go up to her room on prom night past curfew, right? And I'm just thinking they're like, okay, I know I'm 17 years away from this, but if it's prom night and my kids coming home on prom night, I'm staying up. With my gun, waiting for them Don't to get home. Don't be that dad. Don't do no, that. No, but I am going to be the dad who's just still up watching a movie. Oh, oh you're home? Oh, hi. Yeah, Good but you're going to be you. watching a movie every night. No, I know, but I'll, I'll be up, and I'm just going to be curious to see my child gets home, and then I'll go to bed. Sure, I won't, sure, I won't sure. have a gun. I don't own a gun. I'm not going to have a gun. There's no gun. <laughs> but I will be up, and I will be waiting I, for them to come home. I felt like um, from everything we've been told about Mr. Corbett, he was, he was going to be waiting for them. Yeah, yeah, he's he totally would. Be. So anyway, I don't know what his problem was. It just, it didn't, I think he was distracted by his fiance. That's true. Maybe they were. That having, would have been a good a good scene <laughs> of like, why isn't dad around? Because he's boning down. Yeah, too. he's like, I heard them get home. I have to go check. And she's like, Shh, no, no, no. Let them have their fun. <laughs> you know what I would have done in that scene is his fiance. What's what's her name? What's her name? I don't remember, like, but I liked her more in this movie than I did in the last one. Yeah, it's like Tia or Rita or. Tio or Tito or something. Her name is not Henry Thomas. It is um, Trina. You were very Trina. close. Uh, what if Trina was like wanting to have like a fantasy with him and she's like, let's fantasize that we just got home from our prom and we're sneaking around on our okay. parents. Okay. <laughs> okay. Rewrite, rewrite of the movie again. Um, <laughs> 
like he's about to go out. He's like, he hears something going on. He hears like Lara Jean and Peter almost having sex. And then he, he's like, I think I got to go down the hall. And, and then she steps out of the bathroom bathroom in like a prom dress. And like, <laughs> yeah. she, he, she's just like, Oh, my parents are going to catch us and distracts him from. Yeah. Trina's yeah, yeah. like, Oh, I hope we don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I like where this marriage is going to be going. This is yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, so they almost bone right. on prom night. And, and, and she gives him a really fight. sweet gift, but he very rightly feels hurt about it. And But then he says some hurtful things, and she very rightly feels hurt about it. Yeah, yeah. Th- this this stuff was good. I, I didn't think he was, like, too perfect. I thought he was of sound <laughs> judgment in mind. <laughs> uh, but then uh, they, they have sex after the letter. When her 24 parents, hours later, then they, then they bone. Yeah. It's, 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 you're right. It is, it could only be written by a young adult author. So how do you, this movie is a movie written for young people. It is for, it, it's the YA genre is helping young people navigate life. How do you feel? You know, this is certainly not the first YA story to do this. Um, how do you feel about it? About the sex? Yeah. Um, well, I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head in, I think it was the second episode we did on this trilogy, where you said, this is a movie about high school for middle schoolers, mm-hmm. right? Where how they handle sex uh, in this film is they basically enter the room, then there is like, it's just done in three shots. Like they start taking off their clothes, they land on bed horizontally, and then it's after the fact and she's covered up by a blanket. Yeah. Um, it's swift. It's very sweet. And I think it fits in the the tone of the rest of these movies. Like, I don't know. I To me, to me it works. It's like, I, I wasn't going into this expecting any realism. And so, like, like Robin and I just watched, we're, we're watching Outlander right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a character who loses his virginity in that show. And it is very real how that happens and um like this this movie is is i think the most fantasy that happens besides the letter that he writes is probably this moment where they seem very happy afterwards there's no awkwardness there's no like <laughs> yeah yeah like <laughs> that's the real it's it's not it's not whether or not is this appropriate or not. It's like really it's just that perfect for well, both of them. Like I it's it's weird because these movies like the complaints I had about the first two films was that they felt very prescriptive in their drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um and what this seems to be is it it does it, it feels like a movie out of the out of the eighties almost where it's like, Mm. you know, you, you have like this trope is called, did they, or didn't they, where we don't actually have any proof of them having sex. We just cut from them about to have sex to them after sex. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it fits in tone with the sweetness, but it definitely feels very like, I felt like they could have given us another couple shots of like, like Peter awkwardly falling out of his pants 
or something like to add a little bit of comedy to the moment as along with the sweetness. I don't know. What did you think? Well, I, I still think that these movies are for people who are younger than high schoolers. Mm -hmm. I think people who are seniors in high school are the oldest end of the spectrum of the target audience. And the real target audience are the people who look like Laura Jean's little sister. I think that's the true target audience. Yes. Uh, and I, I'm halfway in between being that age and halfway be being the parent of that age. I'm smack dab in the middle. And at 32 years old, I feel like I'm not a fan of them romanticizing this. But I do think, I like to think myself as a true moderate of saying, go for it. Movie should do it. But I'm going to watch with my kids and I'm going to have a conversation with them afterwards and we're going to talk about what they think about this. And we're going to talk about, you know, losing your virginity, having sexual relationships with others, what that means, what are the consequences, how that goes. So on the one hand, I'm a little like the dad in me is like, let's not romanticize this to junior hires. Um, but on the other hand, I'm like, it's okay t for you to do it. I'm just going to be in the room with my kids and we're going to talk about it. Sure. I mean, that's, you know, that's a parenting choice and that's probably a responsible parenting choice. When, when do you expect to first have the talk with your kid? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's going to be different for every kid. I'm, 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 I'm putting it down on the record now that we'll see when I need to have this talk with Theo. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Um, like I think it's up to him and his maturity sure. when that needs to happen. Um, just, but I'm planning on watching as much media as I can with him as he grows up. Cool. Well, I mean, you're, yeah, you're obviously going to do that anyway. Um, my, uh, <laughs> do you remember when you first got your talk? Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> um, mine was too. Uh, it's not that my dad did a poor job necessarily. Um, but I was in six fifth grade sixth grade and it was i was working on a catechism lesson and the catechism lesson was talking about the like the commandments and like it was man it was just like my dad's like do you know what adultery is do you know what sex is and it's just like wow there's a there is a time and a place pop dad if you're listening to this i love you but that was the worst there's this line and I think it's Vegas Vacation. <laughs> this is such a random movie to draw this from. Dude, I've seen but, Vegas Vacation. That's so weird that you have. Uh, I think it's I think it's that one where Chevy Chase is like trying to do the birds and the bees talk with his son, which is like he's years late to it. Sure. He's like, Dad, if this is about sex, then it's okay. I already know. And <laughs> Chevy like, good. And I feel like that's what most of the talks go like is that it's always too late for for boys that we get the talk after the fact it's like oh we've already learned about this from a more inappropriate source so whatever you're going to tell me about is is nothing new it's not that helpful sure which is why i'm going to start in fourth grade <laughs> eh, it's there is no good answer you Sarah know and i've already talked about this in theory where it's like i don't know it's gonna be rough you know if if parents if you want a good way to do this i think what robin and i are going to follow one day perhaps is the captain fantastic approach uh yeah have you seen yeah. Captain Fantastic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Play that's that a, right here. a real 
a real smart way to go about teaching your kids where it's just like teach them about biology, teach them about like the fact that this happens. And then when you like slowly introduce the fact that like, you know, hormones are raging and this, this happens, it's like the kids are like, Oh no, I know about sex. It's fine. When you have sex with a woman, be gentle and listen to her. Treat her with respect and dignity, even if you don't love her. I know. Always tell the truth. Always take the high road. I know. Yeah, so I, for me, though, this movie takes a lot of things seriously, and they they weigh all this stuff of, like, what does it mean for our relationship now that we're going to go off to college? And it, it was very mature about that, but it just kind of was like, let's have sex. And yeah. It's like, you're being really flippant about this thing. You're not aware of how serious this is, too. I really, I think the movie thought they got away with doing all of that the first time where they like almost have sex after prom. And so they were just like, we can just skip all the serious stuff when they go to have sex upstairs. But I really, I really wanted like a Laura Jean and Peter being like, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, let's do this. Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of disappointed in it. And that's why I feel like Boy Meets World handles it better. I can't remember the outcome of this episode, but it's the same premise of this episode is that Corey wants to get a, a hotel room after prom so they can bone. I remember. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Don't think they? They, didn't. they almost break up because of that. Yeah, I think they have the Disney thing where they don't and they decide not to. But they do have. But they do have sex in the show. They get married in the show. I can't remember if they have premarital sex in college. I, don't they? They get married in college. Oh, okay. Maybe there's that. Oh. Yeah, uh, but that's the thing is that I think you could be prudish about it and be Disney about it where it's like you force your characters to wait. But if you do that, at least I, I'm not saying you have to be one way or the other. Just talk about it. Like take that topic seriously, because I don't like it being romanticized for junior hires who don't know the difference. They should know the difference. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I, that's why I say I'm going to be there and I'm going to have that conversation, but not every grown is going to be there with their kid. And this is, this is a serious, significant thing experience for young people so well you know i'm sure a lot of people who watch this movie though were high schoolers at that point in time (laughs) right and i'm saying you know i get it i'm i'm the prudish christian i waited until marriage you know make throw your beer cans at me i'm i'm the nerd i'm the dork but no 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 no. it has nothing to do with that you're you're all for it you just um you wanted them to make a larger deal of it in the context of the story yeah, and I think if this happened, if this movie came out 15, 20 years ago and we didn't have it on a Netflix platform, it would be, if it was a TV movie, it would be on like ABC Family or something like that. Well, um, well don't talk about it from a moralistic standpoint. I want to know your view on Lara Jean and Peter Kavinsky as we've known them so far. What would they have said in these moments? Well, I guess to to wrap up my, my moral soapboxing... I'm really just saying I haven't seen it yet, but I can just anticipate the conservative Christian overreacting to this movie and being like, well, they have premarital sex, so let's throw it out. Let's not watch it. It's trash. Yeah, but I mean, you don't need to give a crap about that. (laughs) No, I know. And and I'm just saying like, as Christian viewers, like I haven't seen it yet, but I'm like, let's not go down that path that we were raised up in. I feel like you probably saw that a lot 
being in, you know, we went to Christian school, seeing a lot of this thing where a lot of art was thrown out because it wasn't hold. The characters weren't, you know, holding themselves. That was bullshit. I couldn't read Harry Potter in sixth grade. Yeah. Well, that was such an overreaction, but it's same thing. I haven't seen like, uh, whatever they're called, common sense media or whatever it's called, but it's just kind of like, well, let's just talk about it. So I don't know what LJ and Convincey would say to each other in this moment because I never even had romance when I was in high school. I never even got close to this. That doesn't matter. You can still like extrapolate from these characters that we know and have gotten to know. I think, I think Peter is, he's very much like Will Riker in, um, next gen where his big deal is consent where he's like, I want to make sure you're okay with this. I want to make sure this is what you really want. Cause Peter's already had sex. Um, mm-hmm. we, we understand that from the second movie where he, I think he'd be like, I think he'd check in with Laura Jean again. He's like, all right, like we've decided that, you know, you're going to go away and I'm going to be here. Are you sure that this is like what you want to do? And I think Laura Jean would be like, yeah, man, I just went to a wedding. Are you freaking kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's how I always feel. I'm super horny after weddings. And I think uh, Laura, Laura Jean's a romantic, weddings. so she probably is too. Uh, well, then what would Laura Jean say? What would her... If you were writing her dialogue, what were what would her worries be and her anxieties? I don't think she... I honestly think that the Laura Jean that we have seen at this point in time doesn't have any like large anxieties about it. I think... At this point in time, she is riding high on the fact that her and Peter are together. I think her her dad's out of the house. I think I think Laura Jean is like more just it, the Laura Jean from the last movie would be worried about measuring up, but she said all that stuff behind her. So I think yeah, that, the second movie dealt with that. Yeah, I think she's left that behind. I think she's I think she's actually really ready to have sex with Peter. Well. Ryan, um, we've talked a lot about this movie that we like so much more than any other movie. So I'm assuming that you have a really big rom-com Oscar to give it. Yeah. Hmm. One big Peter this. Kavinsky Oscar Mayer wiener. <laughs> Best Oscar Mayer wiener goes to Peter Kavinsky. That's one thing that I missed from that scene. We didn't like, there was no like, you know, sense that Peter had a huge boner he was trying to hide. And he's just like, Oh, I just got to take these. It's sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Hmm. Can I, can I, can I give an Oscar knowing that knowing full well that it will be dethroned when we get to another movie that I know that we'll get to, you know, I'm going to say yes, because we, we starting a new season after next episode. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, Oh, are these canonized after this year? Now that our first year is almost up, like these are, these are, these are gilded and, and yeah, glazed. I think and- somewhere we need to have a, a place for us for people to find like what Oscars that we've given movies. Yeah. Okay. So year one, I would say best prom. Um, cause that's a prom I'd want to go to like a dance off. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you love would, how all the main characters plus that one guy <laughs> were, yeah. were in the dance off? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll say best prom, but if it's, if we're taking all the films together, I know that, 
uh, 10 Things I Hate About You is the grand champion, but that's not canonized yet, so we, we can't do that. Sure. So, for yeah, now, 10 Things I Hate About You is pretty good. I mean, Mean Girls show is pretty me a good, be- too. Show me a... Oh, come on. 10 Things I Hate About You. Show me a better prom. I mean, say Ferris is playing at that prom, so that's pretty cool. Right. Um, that's a good... That's good. Did you notice that Peter kept saying... like? He, Okay, hold on a second. We see this is can I can I add a quibble into the middle of this segment? Yeah. Quibbles okay. and bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. 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 Quibbles and bits is part of a balanced podcast diet. Please talk to your doctor before listening. Quibbles and bits is for humans, not dogs. Part of FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Peter and Largie in this whole movie has been reading Pride and Prejudice, and we don't know whether it's for class or just because Largie likes Jane Austen, but um, they walk into prom and Peter quotes Mr. Darcy at her. Yeah. I, I want to know, did they watch the movie together? Has he been reading this whole time? Because that to me, that should have been like the most surprising romantic thing for her that like made her realize she's with the perfect guy where he saw her reading this. And so he's been reading the book as well in secret. You would, you would have to really set that up though, because I just know that she has already explained why it's romantic to him. Well, I mean, yeah, but, but for him to quote, right, right. No, he, he's, I got it as he was regurgitating it to her. I mean, I mean, she's like, I'm reading this book. I love this. And she's, this this is my head cannon. Peter Every is so night. smart. Can you no. can you just say that he like has a steel trap of a mind? And if that's no, no, the no, case, no, no. Here's my head cannon. I didn't even think twice about it. I just knew exactly how this fell out. Every night she texts him what she's reading, and she's like, "Ooh, great line!" and texts him lines like that. And oh yeah, he okay, okay. Is just saving it and sure. just like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I I really wouldn't have minded that layered in. But it's fine that it wasn't. Now, my actual quibble, though, um, this is a quibble on top of a quibble. It's a second degree quibble. Um, The he he says like that he doesn't know how to dance multiple times during this prom. Yet we see him dance with the prom queen. We see him dance in like the in in a pretty feasible way for a high schooler uh, in the actual like dance off. And then he dances really well with her in the end. He's a fucking liar. (laughs) Sorry, you can dance just fine. Uh, did you have prom kings and queens at your prom? We did. I have no idea who they were, though. I don't remember having a ceremony for a prom king or queen. I don't remember having them dance. I have I have no recollection of it. Maybe we left at that point. I think we showed up to prom after they already did it. Um, do you remember having a vote? Yeah, no, they they were like ballot boxes all around and I did not vote because I was one of those high schoolers that was like this is stupid. I think that is what I went through too. Well, it's just Hey, like anybody I don't want to make a whole East bunch Lake of people. High? Anyone listening that's in East Lake High? Or did we have prom king and queen? Yeah, same with Hey, Mount Spokane. Who was our Class prom king? Class of 05, right? I'm going to guess one oh, of them's name was Jordan. And the other one's name was Krista do we that's my guess do we really need to like canonize the most popular kids in school do we really need to end the year like this Ryan like you're taking the words out of my senior high schoolers mouth I I feel like every prom king in the history of high school is like yes you do that was that was the greatest time of my life that was see if it was Peter I'm all for it Peter's the best 
Peter's great. And I like how it's like an anonymous, anonymous girl who never had a line in any of these movies. Yeah, but she ends up like she ends up like hanging out with them a little bit and dancing with them. I and then I like that. This really showed high school culture correctly. I feel like the first yeah. two movies, they were being like snippy sophomores. And it's just like, these are fucking cool seniors. This is how it's supposed to go. Wait, they weren't sophomores in the the first movie. The first they? movie. No, isn't it? Isn't it year, year, year? No, or are I, they think, I think it's like years in the first one. No, I think it's like they might have even been seniors in the first one. No way. Because I feel like she she couldn't have had that kind of growth from movie one to movie three. Hey, I'm on board with you, brother. But <laughs> let's see. Let me to all the boys I've loved before. A teenage girl's secret love letters are exposed. Okay, that's not helpful. Yes, I still love you. Relationship to the next level. Okay, I think we need to go to Wikipedia for this. Yeah. Okay, the first okay. movie is Junior. Okay, the book, it says she's 16. I mean, I was I was a 16 when I was a junior. I was remember okay. I'm a year young for my grade. Okay, beginning of junior year to the end of senior year. Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they're snippy juniors at the beginning of this trilogy, and they're mature no, the seniors first, at the, the end. first movie starts in winter because remember they go to the that ski lodge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's you could conceive as say things start around November, December. Sure, right? Sure. Beginning of the year, first semester. Sure, sure. So, yeah, they were cool seniors. I really liked all of them, and. My wish fulfillment, my wish came true. The snippy girl that was cousins to her friends did be get back closer yeah, with LJ. With both of and, them. Yeah, and, her and friend, they, Chris. they found peace with each other and found that they could get along. And that's just what I wanted. That is yeah. exactly what I wanted. Me too. Like, like that, that was, and it didn't seem fake either. It felt like, like enough time had passed and then they started having a good time together and then realized, Oh, we don't hate each other as much as we think we should hate each other. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, I love the whole New York sequence and I love her falling in love with New York. Yeah, That's me too. It. That is how it goes. Like it's so how it goes. It like them getting a couch onto the subway. Um, that is a college adventure. Everyone I, wants that. I thought it was going to become a misadventure where the three of them ended up on the subway with this couch and the doors closed before the other girls got on it. <laughs> oh, that would be good too. That would have been fun. But it was great as it is. Um, oh, my my Oscar. Um, I, I'm going to give this most improved. Yeah, yeah. Best, best most improved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I, I really do think that this is the best of the three by l- leagues and miles. It, mm-hmm. it is... Both filmically, acting-wise, the editing, um, the music choices were really fun. They had both the original. Um, I'm I'm gonna no. What this? What do you call the? I wanna. Oh, they had wanna, Spice wanna, Girls. Wanna, yeah, they had the Spice Girls. Then <laughs> they, they had, had a, a cover, cover of the song. They had oh, a, but a I bunch will, of K-pop. <laughs> but I will fault the film where Kavinsky's like, "Let's make our song Oasis," and I'm like, "Fuck you! No, 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 no! We're not doing Oasis. We're done with Oasis." I'm I'm like I I loved 
I love the character of Peter making that choice. I thought it was the best choice for a character like Peter to have made. I know. And it's just so funny. I'm like, God, don't be that guy. Don't Do, be the guy Ryan, with the Ryan, acoustic tell me, guitar tell me when and you're, say, anyway, yes. here's Wonders Wall. Ryan, tell me that you didn't like that song in high school, though. It wasn't until you met those guys playing outside, sitting next to a tree in college that you started to hate Oasis. No, I had that album when I was in seventh grade. I'm like, really? You guys are just getting to Oasis now? Really? I was, I felt bad for them. Ryan, wait a second. I I didn't even get to, I didn't even know who Oasis was until I was at least a junior in high school. Because you weren't cool. No, I really wasn't. So stop (laughs) making fun of me and Peter. Um, No, but it it was the, it, it was, it was almost too on the nose for like, high schooler with no taste to say let's listen to oasis and i'm not saying oasis is bad in any way i just think it's such a cliche to say let's listen to Oasis." that's why it was great i know (laughs) so i'm saying technically you're correct you're correct uh okay um ask ask me we have another question i need you to get down on one knee and ask me uh who would you love always and forever are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends. The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. I okay. So we we didn't really talk about Chris, um, her friend. I still don't like her. Three movies later, I don't like her. You know, it's funny. I liked her. At least more. she doesn't eat Subway anymore. But yeah, <laughs> I don't really think that the actor is bad. I just think they just don't know what to do with her friend. No, she. They try to make her like the cool girl. I'm like. Look, I've known a lot of cool girls in school, and she's nowhere near what vibe you're wanting her to be. Yeah, they needed to push her further down a road. Um, she and, felt uh, false, right? She felt like she wanted to be cool, and she was trying to be cool, but wasn't cool. She wasn't it. Like she the, just, I, It felt like the movie kind of knew that at this point, though, because at one point she's just like, I know I'm just being contrarian or something. But it's like, if you're a cool girl, you're not going to do that. Like, okay, you know You're going to live cool? in your cool. You know who is cool is her little sister. She's like, fuck that. I'm wearing a tuxedo to the wedding. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. This was that actually is cool. This is the first movie out of all of them that I've actually liked her little sister. Yeah, like, me too. Well, I always thought she was cool in the first two, but I'm like, okay, now she, I would actually watch a spinoff with her. I would, I, I would, I would, I would go for that. I wouldn't have had the confidence in her acting before this film. In this film, right. like she, she holds eyes. She's not just used to be like. And then this, and then this, and then this, yeah, and then yeah. this. She she actually feels like she has a character with a little bit of depth to her. Uh, she's bringing some pathos to the role, and I like it. But the little um, sister, that's how you do cool. You, yeah. you, I know you guys can write it. You just didn't do it with a friend. Right, because the friend should be wearing... I think the they should have dressed the friend a little bit more like like, like a, somebody who really wanted to dress like Catherine Hepburn but didn't know how yet. Right. I yeah. think that... Like, like give her a little bit more like I'm too cool for school and I see myself as older than all of you, even though I'm not. And then like chop her down a little bit in this movie. 
Like or just be more John Hughes well, about it and make yeah. her the weird girl, not the cool girl. Make yeah, her like sure. Ali Sheedy. Like because I like the idea of her not wanting to go to prom because she's like way over it. But it, <laughs> I didn't believe it. Like well, I, I, I wanted that to be the truth. Though. And that's what's so great about Mean Girls is Janice Ian in Mean Girls. Like okay, I would love to be best friends with Janice Ian. Oh, I want to be yeah, fuck yeah. I want to be friends with them. So they should have gone more Janice Ian with her. Um, and then, uh, we have Trevor who we both picked for the last film. I think, um, do you know how old Trevor is? I'm going to say 26. He's 30. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's almost as old as us. <laughs> that's why, that's why he's so good at what he does. Um, it actually made me feel way young. I'm like, Oh, okay. So you're saying that there's like, <laughs> You're saying I got a chance. <laughs> You're telling like, me that there's a chance. To pass out. Like, maybe not me, but maybe my... And Sarah's like, that is why I don't dye my hair. That is why I like having silver hairs. <laughs> she doesn't want to look like a high schooler. Um, hold on. What's... Uh, uh, what's not... not well, who's her other friend? Um, Lucas. They, they tried to build Lucas into more of a character, but he was... He was kind of as much of a character as Trevor in this movie. And you didn't give him you didn't thought, give him the screen time, you cowards. Yeah, I I feel like like that actor could have done a lot with this trilogy. It's just like you're trying to be progressive, but you, you really just rendered your one of your only gay characters like that he's just token black gay character. Like it's just like we get one, like you were so Disney movie about it where we got one shot of him dancing with another boy and that's it. It's like, it's like the cowardice that was in episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. And you had one woman kiss another woman. Then it's like, see, we have gay characters in star Wars. It's like, no, no, you yeah. can't just do one shot. Like that's yeah. not, that's not doing it. Yeah. I, they, they tried to give him like a more interesting conversational pieces in this film. And I feel like both him and Trevor are, as much as I said, all the other actors were improved. I thought um, Lucas and Trevor are the best actors in these movies, and they were given the short shrift. Yeah, give, I want to see more of both of them. I want a Netflix movie with the guy. I don't want a Trevor movie. I just Dude, want a Netflix movie. No, no, with no, the guy no. Who plays a Trevor and Lucas road trip film. Yes, 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 that, yes. That's, that's what the we fourth need. One. That's the fourth one. <laughs> that's like uh, the, okay. That's three point five. Break. It's yeah. three point five. They're driving up to visit, um, like they. Okay, what's this is okay. This is the movie. The two of them plus. I mean, Chris has to come, so it's going to be the two of them plus Chris plus um, uh, Largine, and they're all road tripping up to San Francisco uh, with Peter to like bring him up to San Francisco, and then she's going to fly out from San Francisco to New York. Right? Movie writes itself. They're going to yeah. get into hijinks. It'll be great. Oh, and then we can it. finally get to know Lucas and Trevor as real people. <laughs> and Trevor's by, and it's like, oh, maybe, maybe there's something happening here. Maybe <laughs> you, you really want just Lucas to be able to fall in love with somebody Lucas, that we know. God damn it, deserves Lucas a good love story. Love. <laughs> he deserves a good love story. Uh, well, we could just like, I mean, they're going to San Francisco. They can find somebody. Yeah. Um, good time. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree, one hundred percent with all of your criticism. But who would you who would I fall in love with, Ryan? Um, you asked me an hour ago. I think Peter. I just yeah, like he's he's Can't the go best. Wrong. 
I really can't go wrong with him. I think he, I think he's patient. He's kind. He's lovable. He's goofy. He's unabashed about being a nerd. Sometimes I'm all about it. <laughs> nerd, <laughs> nerd. What do you mean? He's a nerd. He likes fight club and Oasis. He's not a nerd. No, here's the thing. All of the movies that she like, she was making a list of all the movies that he made her watch. Most of them were superhero films. I have a sneaking suspicion that we haven't been shown in these movies that he is actually a closet like superhero nerd. No, and no, no, no. That is that is the cultural cachet du jour. Everyone likes superhero movies now. There's no there's no nerdery about well, it. I, I doubt he I, owns I, a single I comic think, book. I he think doesn't, he didn't know who Thanos was before. By, Avengers. By, by nerd, when I was first bringing it up before you decided to like make it about like jocks versus nerds. I'm talking about the fact that he is a doofus and he is an unabashed doofus in front of everybody. Sarah really loved the moment when he was wearing the face mask. She really liked that. Yeah. Scene. That's what I'm talking about. He, he's a chill dude. He is different than a lot of the jocks I knew in high school. So I watched this movie with Sarah. She's been in and out of these movies and she was the one who was more passionate about him being too perfect in this movie. And she thought it was really disappointing how perfect he was. Yeah, and but maybe she hasn't she watched the other two. Well, yeah, maybe she hasn't done the homework. But she was like, I think it is a generational thing. She's like, look, if you're going to do the perfect boy, you do. And I haven't seen this and I'm not sure if I'm referencing this correctly. But she was talking about Gordo and Lizzie McGuire. She's like, that's what a good guy is. That's believable good guy. He he in this movie, Kavinsky is too yeah, perfect but, in this movie. Yeah, but Gordo has been given the chance over seasons of like I know you haven't seen Lizzie McGuire, but like com- that's like comparing No, like you can't compare somebody who's just been in like three movies, especially only one movie to Sarah's eyes, uh, <laughs> to to somebody who is in seasons of television has been given like 30 episodes to like make him a character. I, I still think I prefer the um I can't remember his name, but the main love interest in Princess Diaries. Um something Schwartzman. Mr. I mean, Schwartzman. Sure. Like he's barely he, a character. He's barely in it, but he felt he felt more real to me. Right. As uh, a believable teenager. Yeah, but like also Laura Jean doesn't feel like a real teenager. Like none of these characters feel like real teenagers. Like we've established that and why you're asking for it now in this film. I have no idea. It's just because Sarah is sitting on your shoulder, like a vizier whispering to you. Well, she had a way worse time than I did. I had a great time. So I was just like, can you stop? I'm having a good time. Um, That's like, I, I really think that if Sarah watched the first two, the, the expectation for this film, isn't that we're wanting real people like these, these are all idealized versions of high schoolers. Yeah, but I, but you know, again, when we compare it to the pantheon of 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 the high school film, you got your John Hughes, you got your Mean Girls, you got Ten Things I Hate About You. I still pref- I still think those are objectively better films. I and agree. I, I don't I, think To All the Boys is going to be canonized, but I think it's going to have a good. T- I think it's going to have a good ride for about ten years. I agree. I think it's going to be around for a bit. I think the people who grew up with it, especially like 10 years down the road when it becomes nostalgic are going to dip their toes back in and be like, Hey, this was really fun. Um, and I think they're going to have like that appreciation of like, you know, I wasn't really into the third one when I was 15, but the third one is actually the best one. I think they'll come to like really appreciate the third one. I agree. Yeah. 
But I don't. Um, I, maybe it's maybe it's just generational. But I still think Mean Girls and Ten Things I Hate About You are just better films, just all across the board. Agreed. Agreed. They. I mean, they just have more real characters in them. Um, I hey Ray, I think it's time. Uh, I think we have a letter. We we read it on the bonus episode, but I want to read it here too. Hey Flo, huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh Pete, you got mail. You sent me a letter. You got mail. Okay. Uh, right. Yes. So we got a comment from Darcy Juarez uh, on our, our Facebook post about the American president. And she says, you guys talked about Frank Capra and Steven Spielberg at the end of this episode. And it re- reminded me that I just learned that Spielberg and apparently everyone on the project completely hated Hook. And I was dumbfounded because I adore this movie. Can we pretend that Tinkerbell secretly in love with Peter Pan makes this a rom-com? Would love to hear your take. Uh, mm. I don't know about you, but Hook is one of my all-timers. Spielberg. It's, it's really good. It's one of my favorites as well. And I i mean, it makes me want to do research into Darcy's claim. Not that I don't believe her, but it's no, like... No, it's, 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 it's canonically true. Yeah, it, it, but I, I wonder why. I don't know why. I watched the documentary on Spielberg. He talked about every movie but Hook. Wow. I don't, oh, I mean, I don't know what. I don't know why. It's weird. Huh. Well, I mean... So, Ryan, is there ever a time that we would do a, a hook? There will be a time. Uh, starting next week, from when you hear this, we are kicking off our Patreon. And yes, we are. One of the things that our Patreon is going to do is that we're going to have a bonus episode every month. And it's going to be uh, on movies that aren't rom-coms, but we believe are films that will appeal to the rom-com fan. Yeah. And I mean, they could be any genre. Um, it'll, it'll just be something that isn't necessarily proxy to rom-coms, but if, if you like the movies that we're enjoying, you might also want to dip your toes into these films. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them what the first one is. I'm going to yeah, 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 lay it out. We're going to do the first one on, uh, one of the great studio Ghibli films, Nausicaa, the Valley of the wind. We're calling it studio Ghibli. Number one. I know, I know it's not technically a studio Ghibli film, but we're saying, you know, it, it's close enough to be in the studio Ghibli pantheon, but then we're going to pivot to something else. We're not sure what's after that, but we're going to kind of keep it pretty diverse as we've kept this, this list diverse as well. And you may even be able to have a hand in what movies we review. Like, I, I'm not going to make any promises right now, but we're thinking about making this like kind of a voting platform as well. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's more to come next week. We'll have yeah, everything full ironed details. out. Yeah. Why don't we tell them what next week's going to be about? Next week, we are doing a year in review. We're going to be looking at all of the films that we've reviewed and basically doing our own Oscar show because there's no live Oscar show this year. So we thought we might as well handle it for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Are you excited, Ryan? Yeah. I'm super You're going to dress up? I'm going to dress up. I'm going to I'm going to wear my tux that I bought in high school that was uh for high school band concerts. Nice. Nice. Um I'm just going to go with a a classic. Um I might maybe I'll wear my wedding suit. How about that? Wear your wedding suit. Yeah. That was such a nice suit. Thank you. Did uh, I, I got go with handmade. you to get your suit? I just huh? went with you to get your shoes. Yeah. When, um, you no, you went. You went with me to the place that I did eventually get my yeah. suit. Yeah. I just didn't do it that day. That was a cool shop. Yeah, it's a cool I was shop. Like, I should get a suit. Um, I'll. Um, 
I'll, I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that shop next, next week when I'm wearing the suit. Maybe we'll call him out in the episode and post about him on Instagram or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, join us next week for that. If you have any um, suggestions about like Oscars or categories to <laughs> to uh, that we should, um, you know, have for these films, then feel free to write in at romcomgents at gmail dot com. Um, like and subscribe on our, our Facebook and or Instagram because we got a lot of fun stuff going up there. We'll probably mm-hmm. post um, a couple of cock. I think we should post some cocktail recipes for the rom-com Oscars. Yeah, it'll be a classy night. And hey, I, even if this isn't the end of the to all the boys I love before franchise, like I've had a I've had a it's been a wild ride. I'm glad to have gone on it with you. <laughs> I really like this trilogy. Well, like um Losing my virginity on prom night. I love you. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I don't really love you, but I really want to get laid tonight. So I love you too. <laughs> what a, say whatever you need to get laid. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> and this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. <laughs>